What is up, clones? We've got a, uh, a exciting podcast for you guys today here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. The summer series is launching. It is for the second year in a row the Souk Up Summer Series that just rolls off the tongue right. beautifully. Uh, Brent Bloom joins me right now in the Cyclone Fanatic home office in beautiful Bondurant, Iowa, where I don't believe we have any of the cool Souk Up. Uh, you know, the like buildings that they have all over the great state of Iowa and all over the Midwest. But I'm sure that there are souk up grain bins all outside of town, Brent Bloom. Yeah, I've seen a couple just nearby the metropolis of Bondurant. Yeah. We work on getting one of those uh, grain bins in town. Show we them should, uh, we, we, get it like a- we should talk to uh, Emily and Rachel and see if we can get like, um, like, do they make toy grain bins for the kids? Oh. I see uh, so the Souk Up Summer Series has changed a little bit over the years. <laughs> yes. Uh, now, like, we used to, like, we're just trying to find time for these things now because little Everett Bloom is now walking. Scary. And my my kid just had Brent strapped down to a, her dentist chair uh, pulling out cavities. Yeah. Well, it's a heck of a deal going on here. Yeah, a little different than 2015 when we started this thing and – the summer series meant we could actually, you know, have some enjoyable times on the patio. But no, we've grown up a little bit. We'll um, we'll, we'll five five episodes coming to you all this summer, and uh, we're going to do what we normally do, which is really go in depth on certain topics, maybe different topics that you're not hearing on other Cyclone Fanatic podcasts. Uh, today's topic, before I tell you a little bit about our friends in Suka Manufacturing, we it has been months since Bloom and I have done anything together as far as content goes, specifically podcasts, uh, on the radio, anything like that. So I kind of thought it would be good to just do an overview, kind of a state of the Cyclone Nation for the first episode. And then we can start peeling back layers of the onion really here as the summer goes along. Yeah, and I've thought about it a little bit today, and it's the state is maybe as good as it has ever been. So, But also some interesting things to think about down the road, too, so I'm excited about it. Those uh, souk-up steel buildings, Brent, are their newest product line. So have you been to the Blank Park Zoo lately? I, you know, it was Iowa State night last week, and did I, you go? I didn't. I should have gone, but I saw some pictures, and I saw a, a Suka grain bin looking thing that was maybe dispensing beer. Well, that's that's certainly possible. It's the giraffe house. They're oh, housing the giraffe house. Look that's at this picture was. right there. They're housing the giraffes in a Suka steel building. That <laughs> giraffes are tall. <laughs> Ain't that the craziest thing you ever good, heard good. of? I mean, that's those things are versatile. Yeah, they're, the they're versatile. Safety homes. There's, there's an airplane hangar up in yeah. Ames. They use it as a horse stable. It's the Sukup End Zone Club that has, they've got the, the beer yeah. dispensers. Then they've got the the farm buildings, storage, you know, machine sheds. Yeah. They got you can yeah. use it for everything. Great Iowa company. Yes, they are indeed. Sukup Manufacturing Company, the proud sponsor of the summer series. Also, I uh, want to encourage you all to check out our merchandise at the Cyclone Fanatic store. Now, I've got to, um, we're having a Father's Day sale 
Did you know that? I almost called you Jared. Yeah. Because I sent the, I was getting the specific deal and I sent it to Jared Stansbury earlier this week. Um, Yeah, so 25% off anything on the CF store, teamcloset.com slash cyclonefanatic. Promo code DADBOD. (laughs) It's all capitals. Promo code DADBOD. Uh, 25% off all items that aren't already on sale. And as Stansbury points out on his Twitter, you get your dad something nice like a shirt that makes fun of Dana Holgerson. And who wouldn't love that? He was so afraid of Iowa State, he switched down to the American Conference. <laughs> a lot more professional fans in Memphis oh, yeah. and UAB yeah. or whoever else is in that conference. Have fun on Beale yeah. Street, Dana. Good luck, Dana. Well, let's start there. Did you see the, uh, for for what it's worth, it's a garbage Twitter feed. This college football rankings Twitter feed. I, yeah. I Clones are uh, listed as a uh, team with a chance to make the college football playoff. Well, Phil Steele. Well, that's where I was going. Went for it. Uh, main man Phil Steele, friend of Psycho One Fanatic, has Iowa State listed as one of his four surprise teams in college football as a college football playoff dark horse. Uh, Bloom, the the fascinating part to me here is that Iowa State has all of these um, national expectations. And I can't believe I just put the college football rankings guy on Twitter in the same category as like Phil Steele. Right. But, I, but I did it to prove a point, that people outside of Ames are finally taking notice of, of this program. Well, and the – the growth here makes sense. I mean, if you, Iowa State has now won eight games back-to-back years, have been consistently in the top 25 both years, then you look at the returning players at key positions, at almost every key position, it's like, yeah, what have we been saying all along? They should be. Now, would I include them in the playoff conversation? I'm probably not. That's premature. They got to, I think, getting getting into the Big 12 championship would be step number one here. But the amount of returning starters at every position you'd want and good players at that, and it's like, yeah, it's not crazy. And I know Iowa State fans are probably somewhat uncomfortable by that, but embrace it because this team has the chance to be really, really good. And I think the schedule sets up fairly well for them. And it's wild because from where we were when we recorded this thing before Campbell's second year, and if you would say that Iowa State's getting playoff consideration preseason, it's like, what? Playoffs? Are you serious right now? But logically, it makes complete sense. Look at everybody at, we're not going to get into all the, the two deeps and everything, but all the key people that are back that played substantial roles, and they're still fairly young. I mean, that's the exciting part is maybe your best player on offense, probably Brock Purdy, I mean, you could argue, is a sophomore. And Mike uh, Mike Rose is a sophomore. I mean, there's still who's potential the be- to grow. Let's talk about it. who's the best player on the offense. I, probably. Like, are we talking like proven? I or who know. do we think will be the best player I, this I, year? Best, who's the best player on most offense? Most valuable player is Brock Purdy. No, not, not, not most valuable is a different conversation. Best, I don't know, best player. You're talking about like raw NFL. Knipple's the best player. Probably the best NFL prospect is, yeah. 
Uh, uh, and then I, I put Kohler right there. I think Tariq Milton is as good He's of an good. NFL prospect as yeah, any of those guys. I, yeah, I like. To, I need to see. I know Tariq's getting some attention, and he will. I was told. I need to see a little bit more. I was told that Tariq Milton. Um, well, this was before this year's draft. Great source. Okay. Told me that he'll get drafted higher than Hakeem Butler would wow. end up getting drafted. I trust your sources. I mean, he's he was he caught everything thrown his way, which I he just hasn't been the featured guy. So let's see how he is this year. Well, another as thing featured guy. about him though, the NFL's kind of yeah, it's one of the guys completely. like him. Well, look, I mean, he's the same size as a uh, Edelman. Yeah, I mean, Tariq Hill. Yeah, you know, guys like that, like they're they're more. They're going to those RPO stuff rather than the big. Back in the day weapons. when we were in like college, everybody wanted Mike Williams from USC. Yeah, the big physical. What and Hakeem would have been a top first round pick yep. back then. It's changed. I don't know if it'll ever go the other way, but you're right. Right now, Tariq would is probably more in that line compared to Hakeem. But Cyclone fanatic contributor Jay Jordan believes that Charlie Kolar is the best pro prospect. I think he has a chance to be special. I'll tell you, uh, he won't mind if I say it. Campbell told me, you know, he told me we were just chatting. I didn't have a recorder in yeah. his face or anything. He thought that if they can stay healthy at tight end, that his tight end group is top five in the country. Wow. Which is, I mean, you think about it. Two years ago, they caught, what, five balls? <laughs> Total? Yeah, but like, I, I know it's changed. I'm a, like, Chase Allen, like, he's a guy who you just walk, if you stand next to him, there's certain guys that is, you're just like, oh, yeah, he's a player. Yeah, he's a big dude. He's that guy, but he's been hurt yeah, forever. Yeah, he's Mr. Bad Luck. Um, Kolar, by all means, is the best receiver in the group already. And then Saner, I'm really excited. I think it's a breakout year for him, only in the sense that with Sion Buckner being gone. Yeah, and that's I think loss. that Saner – is it Soner or Saner? Yeah, Saner. I think Saner is the guy who really benefits from that this year. Yeah. He- Here's why I'm excited about this year is the defense should be maybe elite. Yeah, I mean it has a chance to be elite. Dude, that D line. Yeah, but here's and here that so let's we'll get to there. But if you look at the last two years, Iowa State won eight games. So Iowa State's won eight games in back to back years for the first time since 1978. Okay. The offense still has not performed at an even average Big 12 level. Iowa State had Hakeem Butler, David Montgomery, two special, special skill guys, and still were seventh in the Big 12 in total offense, seventh in yards per play. Like, they have room to grow on offense. I know, yes, you'd rather have David Montgomery and Hakeem Butler. However, if there is growth organically in some of those other areas, in the offensive line, being able to run the ball effectively – with Brock Purdy getting a full slate of games under his schedule, under his a, a, as a player, they have the chance to really move that needle on offense. And then if the defense stays what it is, I mean, to even think about last year, some of those games, if the offense was even kind of capable, they're definitely competing with Iowa. Although you know, that's a that's a conversation. They probably beat TCU. They win some of those games that they struggled in early because the offense wasn't quite ready. And getting Tom Manning back, I think, is a huge upgrade. Brings an adult to the room, um, somebody with that experience. And I just think all the pieces are lining up for Iowa State to have a really great season. Now, what does that mean from a win standpoint? College football can be weird. But I I just think this this should have 
as much expectation for Iowa State entering a season in our lifetime. What do you think about um, – so I have the theory that the offense could – it goes back to watching that Oklahoma State game from last year. Were they called plays differently without Montgomery? And at, Yeah. Campbell is – he is a Belichick disciple. Like he's going, he he's all about comfort. He's all about trust. Many coaches are like that. Matt Campbell is definitely like that. Call it conservative. Call it whatever you want. That's how. That's the way the guy is is built. They called plays differently. Like the 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 run schemes were different for that when, game when David Monk and, and and they were the best that we saw all year. And I think a lot of it has to do with Campbell's comfortability with David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. So with an offseason planning for life without 32, where you don't go into 2019 thinking, oh, we have an elite runner. I think they have guys that they really like, yep. Brees Hall being one of them. But they don't trust fully any of those guys. No. I mean, I, th- I, I would trust Crony. Crony just from a – he's not going to fumble at that up. But you see what I'm saying. Like with David – you could go, okay, garbage offensive line, but yeah, he's still going to get go, us man. three yards every yeah. time we hand him off the football. They don't got that guy this year. Yeah. So they do have to open it up, and that's where I'm – where we have the conversation like, oh, which one do you miss more, Butler or or Montgomery? I, I, I don't think it's even a question. I think it's Hakeem Butler. Like, I, I, I not, I'm not doubting David. Um, he was great. But I actually think there's a little bit of addition by the way they're going to call plays because he's not in the lineup. I think they're going to get a lot more creative, especially with the second-year quarterback. They're going to have to because really the offense last year, if you break it down, it was hand the ball off to David or Brock Purdy was so lucky to have Butler on the team last year because when all else failed, he would just zero in on that guy and throw it up. And it worked. It worked most times. Now he's going to have to progress, though. So this is the big question for me with the offense. Yeah, number one is the offensive line. Okay, we can talk about that till we're blue in the face. they got to get better, and they should be better. But I do have some concern if you ask me what are the challenges for this offense. It's Brock Purdy, can he progress as a quarterback? I mean, a lot of the stuff he was doing last year was just pure... The pump picks. Yeah, I mean, it was it was just like Farvian... Making plays Dude, he, happen. He don't even. He reminds me so much of Favre. He, he, there's a lot Just there. The way he runs around and like pump fakes and like but, it's. So yeah. I mean, there's so other teams have a chance to now study. Okay, don't you know? Stay conservative with him. Don't go after him. Make him beat us. So can he become a more of a pocket quarterback? There weren't many times last year where he would just sit back there, scan the field and make a throw. A lot of it was on the run, making plays with his feet. So he's got to progress too, and I think he can. I mean, that guy works really hard. He's been in the film room all the time. But that's, I think, a, a question for this offense is can Brock Purdy become more than just a playmaker on the perimeter and, and become a quarterback? Because they, he's not going to have the bailout of a Montgomery, of a Butler, when all else fails, just give it to those guys. And so with growth from him, the offense is going to grow as well. So I, I think it's it's an exciting time and nice to know to have a quarterback that you know, you feel good about for a couple of years in a row. State of the Cyclone Nation offense is? I There's room to grow. I mean, at, at 370 yards last year, Chris, 5.9 yards per play. That's it's not a, that's not going to get it done this yeah, year. Yeah, we'll go. Uh, they got to get C better. Plus. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is they. C plus. That's, that, this is why I'm encouraged about Iowa State football this year is if, it, yeah. if the offense 
can get an uptick, the defense should be – I mean, it's going to be hard to be as good as they've been the last two years because you ultimately you get smart people, especially in the Big 12, chance to study that defense for two years running. They're going to find a way. And, and I thought Texas really started Whoa. to – to pick away at some of the weaknesses oh, that are that are there. Did I just hear an Iowa State person give Tom Herman credit? <laughs> I think Tom's really smart. Just but, ask him. Uh, no, I so <laughs> the, I think that I think the defense ha- is going to happen. They've got bodies and they're really good. I think there's just a natural statistical drop off. So the offense well, is going to have to pick it up. A I agree with you. And let me just use an example. Uh, can I say our? Minnesota Vikings, or is it just mine? I don't know. It just depends on the year for me. Oh, yeah. Okay. I see how it goes. Yeah. So, for back in the playoffs this year, they'll be your team again. <laughs> yes. um, it's like, it's like we become, I became a Blues fan in the last like, yeah, week. Yeah, big, big St. Louis yeah, Blues last fan. Blues <laughs> Um But the Vikings went from two years ago being the NFL's top-ranked defense. Yep. They dropped to 17th. Did they? See, I didn't realize it was yeah, that but it, No, but, Brent, it was all Kirk Cousins. Hmm. It was all Kirk Cousins' fault that they dropped off. No, it wasn't. Uh, it was a mixture of things. You had a ton of injuries mm-hmm. on the offensive line that you, that really no team could sustain. But two, you know, when your defense is giving up 10 more points a game yep. or whatever it is, then you've got to score that many more points. Yep. And I, I do fear that for Iowa State only in the sense of, one, I think the defense will be really good. I think it's the best defensive line in school history, maybe the best linebacking core in school history. Although I think my boys – T-Mac, Al, Ace Bowens, and Adam Carper were pretty good back in 2005. They were super good. That was yes. a really good I team. I think that defense – I mean, that defense in, in my lifetime, it's, it was different, different era. But, yeah, those, they, they would be in the conversation. They were pinning their ears back and going for the quarterback right. more than what you'll see with John Haycock. So right. it's kind of it's kind of an apples and oranges conversation. But um, – I, I love the fact that the, the front seven's as good as it will be. Because of that, it makes me feel pretty good about the secondary. I mean, yeah, okay, guys, where okay. it's good. I, I'm, I'm with you, and I'm. this is why I've in, had conversations, um, on-air conversations with Matt Campbell about this, and I think it's real. Like, the everything in football is cyclical. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit concerned – um, I would be concerned if I were an Arizona Cardinals fan that, um, okay, we're just trying to mimic mm-hmm. um, what what has worked for the, for the last couple of years, right? Um, and and I am concerned, as good as John Haycock is, the, the, you, you point out, and I think it's very astutely you point out, there are smart football minds in the Big 12 Conference. Eventually, Iowa State's going to have to zig a little bit with what it is doing yep defensively now the good news is and where i will bring it all back to if you're as good up front as iowa state will be in my opinion it really shouldn't matter that much because if you're getting pressure with three like that then that's going to make any offensive coordinator lose some sleep most important thing in football more so than quarterback play in college football more so than skill guys like a montgomery or a butler more so than even Mike Rose at linebacker or a guy, good guy in the secondary. If you can stop the run mm-hmm. with your front four, whatever front three in Iowa State's case, you're going to be successful. It's just yeah. if you look at the correlation over time, if you stop the run in college football, you're going to be successful because it really, if you make a offensive team one sided, it does one dimensional. It does not matter who they have, you can you can generally stop them. And if you look at the last two years. Iowa State, I think two years ago was 3.2 yards per carry allowed. Last year was 3.3 yards. That's top 25 good. Okay, you do that again, 
that allows you if you stop somebody first and second down on third down you're coming after them Dude, you're in good shape Bailey Lima and Wazirike are all pros the fact that Iowa State has been able to stop the run with those with the three man front like they have that's why Iowa State's won eight games I mean you can look at everybody else and yes they've had great tremendous players that we we know and love like a Lazard like a Lanning. It was that defensive line two years ago in that switch that really turned the corner for Iowa State, that flipped the script. The defense carried the water, and it did against last year. They've got the same guys back. The question is, do other offenses adjust and make Iowa State work differently, and then, and then what happens from there? I, like I said earlier, I think there's a natural drop-off in the run defense. The personnel is really good. That's not changing. I think the scheme adjustment will be important in how does Iowa State switch that up, but... Even if they're around, say, Chris, you know, three and a half yards per carry, that's going to be really good. And with the talent they have to get after the quarterback with the Jaquan Bailey, with the Nawazarike, with some of those guys, the defense still should be top of the Big 12. I think Will McDonald's the most intriguing piece of that defense yeah, to me yeah. going into the season. Well, I, I, he's got the – he's the wild card. But, I, but how the, good has Marcel Spears been? No, you know, I, how, you know, I, I think you're misinterpreting what I'm saying. The, okay. I, we're looking for a wrinkle from John Hancock sure. at this point. Okay, I see. What, yeah. to, you know, to kind of throw the scent off of these offensive coordinators in the league. And I feel like McDonald might be that guy. Yeah. No, he's, he's different. He's not – they're not going to line him up in the same sense that they will Marcel Spears. No, Marcel – you're right. Uh, it, I think McDonald's not an every-down type of linebacker, but it – I mean, this sounds crazy, but like the guy he reminds me of is Von Miller. Yeah, I, he really does. He, like the the way he, I think that they're going to try and use him is what I'm. I'm not saying he's going to be a top five pick. I don't know that we've barely seen him, but that's. I think that's the type of way that they will want to use him next year. It's such a small sample size from last year. I'm excited to see what full sample is, and you still you're still waiting on a Wazirike. Dude, it I, seems like every every time that guy gets close, he's gotten hurt. And I think Iwazarika is the best defensive pro prospect on the team. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but we haven't yet seen the production yet. And so I think that's what's exciting is, yeah, you've lost some key pieces over the years. Willie Harvey was really good, um, but they, they've just been able to, to find some talent, and the talent, the, the depth of talent has really increased as well. I will say a concern for me, Brian Peavy was like a mini Dion in that that's he could shut point. down – one side of the field, you wouldn't. Yeah. They wouldn't even throw that way for most of the time, and he did it last year. He hurt. Which that that that's a story that needs to get a little more attention. Which I, I've just, I've been talking to some Cyclones this summer. Nobody realizes the guy played really with one arm last year. Yeah. He played at an All Big Twelve level. I mean, he what he broke or dislocated his shoulder or tore a it, he a, a labrum. I don't know something. It, it, well, he did it in in a practice, and they popped it back in. And then, yeah, it turned out to be a little it, – it was one of those reoccurring things. It's a story I heard, and give PV credit. He could have shut it down and, you know, prepared to be a pro. And, you know, he'll get he'll be in minicamp and we'll see how he does in the NFL. He'll, he'll make a roster. I, I would think I really so. Think but so. he said, my, my, my work here is not done. Yeah. And I want to make the biggest impact at Canada, Iowa State. It's probably, you know, maybe – who knows? He, he didn't re-injure it. It could have happened. I mean, look at what happened to Durant. Not not apples to apples there, but Brian Peavy, Kevin Durant. Yeah, but it just goes to that guy. You don't think of a cornerback as one of your you know warriors, your true cyclones, but he should be in the conversation. That guy meant more from a leadership and just a toughness standpoint. 
than than you know a cornerback usually is, and so Iowa State's going to miss PB in a couple ways. State of the Cyclone Nation defense, I, as good as ever. Hey, right? Yeah, this is salt salty stuff. Now, but I think there will be a drop off, which is okay. That's natural. So we're going A, C plus. So like, um, I don't know. I, I it's hard for me not to give football an A minus. At this point, oh, overall, no, I mean, you can't give them anything lower it, than that. It, if you look at, I think, from a college football as a whole, yeah, I'd say B plus, A minus, seat up. But from an Iowa State perspective, this is as good as it's ever been. Okay, this this three-year stretch that, that this will be year three of it is as good as, as it has ever been at Iowa State. Iowa State's never won eight games three, three years in a row. Or they did it one time, 76 to 78. They have a chance to do that again. And, um, yeah. Get ready. This is going to be. I, I like the way the Big Twelve shapes up I this year too. too. I do it's too. It's just a lot of transition going on within the league. Iowa State. All of a sudden, you look at it and it's one of the three most stable programs. I, I mean, I think you go Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas, and I, Oklahoma State belongs. Yeah, in that Gundy's list always going to be there. It's uh, in the way it sets up from a home and away standpoint. Yeah, it's going to be Big Twelve is going to be good. But Iowa State is as talented as anybody not named Oklahoma or Texas, which is crazy. Crazy to say that when we recorded one of these two years ago. All right. Um, so clearly we're we're hyped on the football, the hype train as everybody is. Yeah, and the, just keep chugging. Episode one of the Souk Up Summer Series here at PsychOneFanatic.com, Psych One Fanatic Podcast Network. Shout out to our friends at Carl Chevrolet. Great sales going on. Excuse me. All June long at Carl Chevrolet. You can check him out in Stewart as well. Uh, let's go to men's basketball now, Bloom, where, man, it was an eventful summer Oof. on the recruiting trail. Which, uh, let's grade that here real quick <laughs> before we get into the actual team. Yeah. Um, how, what, what grade would you give Steve Prom and his staff in the, in the spring recruiting cycle? Um, a B. I think it's fair. Yeah, I mean – it was good. It had the potential to be a D, and they kind of rescued it. I kind of thought it was going to be yeah, there for I a mean, while. It, it was trending that way, but they really – I mean, I thought they closed very well. Um, yeah, I, and I think the pieces fit nicely. Getting the Penn State kid will really help, especially if he's eligible. I think that would take it from a B to a B plus even. I don't I, – he's getting a lot of attention as – as somebody that's going to come in and you know maybe start, I, I don't see him starting. I mean, he's basically Tyrus McGee. Yeah, I mean, he's just good. Play. He's a, I was being sarcastic. No, no, but it, but he's a. I think he's your sixth or seventh guy, which means that there's some depth within the program. Uh, Caleb Grill's going to be a really solid pl- player. Who he's going to be characterized, and I'm, I'm already seeing it, and I saw it right when he committed. Oh, you, you think you know, guy from Kansas, shooting guard. Okay, white. Yeah. Oh, he's Matt. He's Matt Thomas. He's, no, he's a he's an athlete first yeah. and foremost. Like he's a he's more in your athletic Lindell Wigginton mold right now than Thomas. Now he can shoot it. He's not a great shooter yet, but I don't. Caleb Grill's not going to come in here and just be sniping threes. Like he's going to be more of your athletic facilitator. So. I like the sense that when you break down the class, or before I do that. Real quick, I have one other comparison of Thomas and Grill. Okay. Swear to God, this is the craziest thing. 
I've covered ba- a lot of basketball recruits. <laughs> Too many, probably. I called Tristan Thompson, did a call with him one time, <laughs> believe it or not. Before he met a Kardashian? I, man, I've got some great stories from talking to recruits over the yeah. years. But that, that'll be for my book when I retire. Yeah. Or maybe Summer Series yeah, 2030. Maybe, yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, there's been two kids I've talked to who, when when you're trying to, like, get information and do a story on them, that you don't have to, like, go through the AAU coach. Matt Thomas and Caleb Grill. Really? And, I, and Niang was right there, yep. too. Like, Niang's mom was – but he still was heavily involved with an AAU deal. But Niang, Niang was great. Like, it was kind of like you just go through him. Yeah. But AAU um, is such an important part of that culture. And I, I like the fact that a kid still cares about high school. Thomas really did. Uh, Horton Tucker was one who, believe it or not, really was locked in to, yep. to his high school. But it was still an AAU thing. It was an AAU reason why he came to Iowa State. He wouldn't have even ended up there. Um, but no, nonetheless, yeah. I, I, I think it points out that Grill is a different type of player in the sense that, man, I just, you know, I was there visiting TJ last week. Oh, yeah, yeah, you were in Vegas. be tough not to go to UNLV if you're yeah. 18, you know. Yeah. And this grill kid but he's legit a- is an Iowa State fan. Like, he grew up watching Matt Thomas mm-hmm. and George Niang and guys like that. And I think it's a great fit in the sense that a guy like that is going to generally just – it's a natural thing to work harder when you want to wear that jersey, when it's more to you than just – a next step and to to the grill kid it is so i think i give him an a for that pickup the the johnson kid from troy yeah is an experiment we'll see. and it is a development yep you can't play 13 guys no nope. um this is one where you sit out you have a good track record but these sit out transfers might as well and he's got the physical yes. tools um as far as you know length jumping ability pretty good numbers as a three-point shooter so give him a year, and Iowa State's had some projects that have really paid off in years past as transfers. Yes. Um, Deontay Burton, Abdul Nader. I'm not putting Johnson in that category, but he's got he's got the metrics to play at a high level. Now, the numbers don't quite back it up at Troy, but give him 15, 20 pounds, become more physical, and I think two years from now, he slides in nicely in that you know that two three role uh, that could fit in well. You know what I like about this class? Nothing against the guys they brought in last year because that was a it was a great recruiting class. And look, Horton Tucker is going to be drafted in the NBA next week. But so just hardworking guys. Yeah. Now they're not going to play right away. No, I, and I was talking to somebody a couple weeks ago. Well, this Leach is five stars. Like slow down on. Dude, yeah, go watch that YouTube thing on Leach, yeah. what he had to come back from. He's he's coming back from a really significant injury, and somebody told me he's closer to you know 80% than 100% still. So he will he ever get back to his explosive nature of you know when he was a five-star? I mean, Vic oh. Miller on the scene. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to have professionals working with him, but don't expect him to come in and score double digits next year. I think the, the – the point guard, the the Jackson kid could be really good, uh, really under the radar, but, you know, a winner. And then the the forward from Florida. And they just got some nice pieces. Now, they're not going to wow you like last year's recruiting class did, be early entering guys or even in the NBA conversation. But they're more in that, you know, potential like Amante was or a Naz was where they're two, three, four years down the road. Now they really start to go. And yeah and become more of a four-year cycle. They know 
their money's not being made in the NBA, you know, until they have a four-year college career. I, I, uh, one other thing on the Bolton kid, I, I just I think there's going to be more details coming out on on that whole yeah. situation, and I think people will will see where we're at with him as far as. I think there's a reason he chose Steve Prohm mm-hmm. specifically and wanted to play for him. Yep. And I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I think but, people can connect. The yeah, dots. but what I'm what I'm here there's a reason to me why a young man like that would want to go play for a coach like what Iowa State has as far as, you know, how he acts, the type of I don't know if I call Steve. It's kind of a cliche of players, coach, no, or whatnot. He is. But he I, is. yeah, I, I think that there's. We'll see that. So, um, all that being said, we know what's coming in. We know what's going out. Um, where do you think right now? And it's so hard with all the moving parts in college basketball right. anymore. And still, is this an moved. NCAA tournament team next year? Yeah, it's right. It's right there. I mean, it's right on the. I think it is too. It's it, they. This put them in the the Bolton, the Bolton kid in really my helps. opinion. If he's eligible, up. then yes. I mean, you're not talking though. So they're a six or a seven seed, maybe an eight. Uh, yeah, I would. Yeah, if they can get in, I think I'd be. Just get in. Yeah, just get in this year. I, it's hard to say the conference. I mean, Tech's obviously going to be down. Kansas should be a little. Uh, dude, Tech is at a hell of a. They have though. You're right. That's, that's true. But they can't. They don't. They lost Culver. I don't know. I. It, it, last year was so weird for me, and I think weird for everybody for Iowa State, and we touched on it right after the season. That was the team that won the Big 12 tournament, was a top-six seed in the NCAA tournament, and yet a lot of the year felt like a disappointment, which is strange. So how do you how do you unpack that, right? Like, and you won Kansas City again. Yeah, I mean, you did That so still many, means something. I hate the people no, that like, does. oh, that doesn't mean anything. No, it absolutely does. But if you were to add, I mean, this is this again. I think this there's the the nature of as we get to the a conclusion here. As an Iowa State fan, you're used to being the underdog, but last year wasn't that. It was like we expected this, you know, remarkable season, and it was okay. But if you would ask most Iowa State fans, they may they'd probably look back now at the basketball season and go, well, could have been different, could have been better, which is strange because you still were a six seed and won the Big Twelve tournament. I don't know. I think next year's team, from a likability standpoint, if that's a thing, um, will be better because the expectations won't be as high. I almost sometimes think as this is what concerned me a little bit for football. Yeah. Is when expectations get so out of whack, you lose. Yeah, we're setting ourselves some of the, up. Yeah, I mean, it's a is that, so question there. Is that a fatalist attitude of, oh, woe is me, bad things are going to happen to Iowa State? Like, you want to have expectations. But at the same time, like Jamie's talked about in the tailgate tour is, what makes Iowa State so special is you appreciate when those neat things happen. And last basketball season just got really out of whack. It was very toxic. It I, was weird. It was just strange. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do think it's a bit of a fatalist attitude, but I, as long as you're realistic is my thing. Like, just be realistic about it. I think that talking about the college football playoff, in my opinion, is not realistic. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a good football team, but one that could run the table or go eleven. And I, I just, I don't see yeah. it. Yep. Weird things can happen. I understand. There's all. There's weird years. Hell, Iowa went twelve and zero a few years ago. Um, but like to expect, like to have that, and I, I think that is out of line. I, I don't, I don't think this program is at the point where you can realistically talk about anything like that. Yeah, and our guy Ted Flynn had a poll this week on Twitter. It's like, what would you be upset with X number of wins or less than X number of wins? And I'm just like, I get it because I, th- I would think the same way, 
but it's hard for me to determine ultimate success just based on that win total. Um, and then you say, well, nine wins are bust, ten wins are bust. I don't know. I mean, I just think that sets you up for yeah for a danger zone. I just I think before they take the next step, I've man, it's it's just hard to waste this defensive line. No, it's true though. I wish that they had a couple more dogs on the offensive line that we could but I do think they're there I think Ramos and Downing are going to be but can we expect it now I, I don't know um that seems like a stretch to me if they go nine and three I'll be ecstatic I expect eight and four I think that's that's fair but I just also want to see how it but I could also see yeah. them go 10, ten and two yeah, I know this reminds me of 2005 yeah but yeah it's but, a team that vastly underachieved but man a few things go differently and you're in the holiday bowl this reminds me of that i think it's a tweener year where you're going to be favored in a lot of games and but uh but when you're favored you're going to be favored by four and when you're an underdog you're going to be an underdog by three Three, yeah and like how many of those tweener games do you pull out and that that's why i think it comes down to yeah and, and look iowa state won a lot of those in the last two years damn right they did so which is great okay with with lesser talent that's great, but you also know in college football there is a there's a luck factor. No question that it can it can go the other way, and that does, does, is the talent level that much different? Okay, but if you if a ball like look at look at that Oklahoma State game, look at the K State game last year, look at I mean West Virginia was a beat down. Okay, throw that one out. Um, but some of those games where the, uh, Washington State the other way, like a couple plays here or there. It's, it's an arrow margin still, still for Iowa State. They lost they, that game. Yeah, but, the, but that's the thing. That team. Iowa State's still not uh, uh, a Bama or Clemson where they can just that's roll, my point. go out there and roll it out. And, and that's why when we talk about this, when anybody's talking about this playoff talk, there are very few teams that can make the college football playoff. Correct. Like eight. Maybe. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Ten. Clones aren't in that conversation. I, I would I would agree for now. But they're, I think that that next level – but that's where it comes to your point where those those tweener games, they yes. all have to go Iowa State's way. We didn't grade basketball. Where's basketball at the um, end of the season? I think it's a, it's a B. Yeah, that's where I put it. I, mean, I put it right on the B it, line. It, you, you still, as a program, just under Prome, okay, three NCAA tournaments in four years, two Big 12 tournament championships, pretty solid. Last year's regular season the, in the Big 12 at least was a little disappointing. But kind of the the re- in Solomon Young's back kind of gets lost. The, the Young solo solo. A bit. Uh, I don't know. I think it's a I, B. I think, I think it's a Prentice B. Nixon's better than most people. Yeah, think he'll that. be a nice. Uh, be can a nice I make guess. a really quick point on basketball? Is I think that I, I can simplify what makes basketball from a B to an A next year. I think I can simplify it. I think it's very simple. Does. Halliburton turn into this first-round pick that a lot of people think he yeah. could be because you, you're you not going to have the Lindell and Horton Tucker reading – Dynamics. Reading Draft Express problems <laughs> with yeah. Tyrese. I can promise you that. Sure. man. Main, shout out to main man Tyrese's dad. Freaking love that guy. Yeah, it's my dude. Um, I love that guy. I spent some time with him and Mr. Condit down at the Big 12 tournament I, this year. Can I share a quick story, which is public, because he's, he's commented on this. But when Prome was recruiting Tyrese, Prome was the recruiter for Tyrese, and Halliburton's dad uh, told Prome, I'd like to talk to the head coach. <laughs> <laughs> Steve said, well, 
I am the head coach. <laughs> and he felt really bad. But that's how that's how down to earth that phenomenal guy. Yeah, that that Steve is that he wouldn't be offended by Steve that. probably loved it. Yeah. Um, I think the season ultimately come because I have, I love the front court. I mean, with Jacobson, Solomon Young, I think George Condit's going to be an yeah, all Big Twelve he's type got player. Great potential. That, uh, I think Condit might be the best pro prospect on the team, right there behind what Tyrese yeah, has right what now. Tyrese does. Um, and I, so I I think the season ultimately comes down to this: it's Prentice Nixon. Yep. And it's Hal Burton progressing his game. And if those guys can, if Nixon can be what I think they think he can be, and Tyrese takes that next step, then you're looking at two really good guards. And I think the kid Bolton, I, I will disagree with you. I think he plays. I think he starts next year. Do you? Yes, yeah. I, okay. I do. That could be wrong. I'll put him down as a starter with those two. And then give me a little uh, George Condit and Mike Jacobson. That's my starting five. Uh, Nixon is good, and and he needs to be better he needs than to they. Be, yeah, he's he needs to have. He's gonna have the ball a lot. And he's gonna shoot a lot. Think, um, think, Kansas's Frank Mason, Devonte Graham type. Okay, gonna have the ball combo, but we'll shoot it. He's Not nastier afraid. though. Like he'll play a little defense. Yeah, I mean, I, I. That's a compliment station. for those, those compared yeah. to those Kansas guys. Those guys were. If he's Frank Mason, sign me up right yeah. now. I mean, Again, Jeez. he's not going to be Big 12 Player of the Year, but he's that type where he's, you know, a creator but not afraid to shoot on his own. Yeah, I think it's just going to be – they're going to have to be a tough group, and I think last year's team at times – This team will be tougher than last year. It wasn't. Um, last year, oh, they were soft. Uh, they, they certainly were through stretches of the Big 12, the TCU home game example number one. Oh, but they're going to have to be God, better – those home games – in some of those, yeah, I know. It was, it was. That's what I'm saying. It was such a bizarre year, so it's hard to be like, hey, that that still was a six seed in the NCAA tournament. Remember when Iowa team. State was a 12 point home favorite over <laughs> Kansas State, who won the league? Yeah, yeah. I remember when Iowa State was an eight point dog down there and won by 20. Yeah, I forgot about so that. So it's like <laughs> that was just like such a Big 12 basketball, baby. Such a strange year. All right, basketball I, gets a B. Yeah, I think it's a B, and with potential to. To get there, I, I, it's not a high level. I wouldn't say it's a second, second weekend team. But then again, Texas Tech was picked seventh in the Big Twelve yeah. last year. Like you don't know exactly how the piece, and especially anymore in college basketball, it is so year to year that it's it's hard for any. Now you're going to have your raw talent. Okay, like Memphis is going to be awesome because they literally signed every top recruit possible somehow. Except Tucker, he's going pro. Yeah. Um, and you know Duke's going to be good. I mean, you've got those those upper echelon teams that are always going to have talent. Well, but Kansas got Isaiah Moss. Yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't want him though. They they'd, yeah. ra- they'd rather have he's the kid from good. Valpo. Connor's better than him. Yeah, Connor. Put Connor there. Um, no. So I think I think it'll. It, that kid yeah, from Valpo big, averaged eight. Yeah. I'll, re- I'll replace him. Man. Anyways, uh, not to get into that. Yeah. Um. All right, really quick, state of the nation for women's basketball and wrestling. We we clearly are uh, pretty up on the women's game. I think I've, I've become a fairly – I think I can talk intelligently about Iowa State wrestling now. I've really worked hard on that the last couple of years. And I, I think that they're um, finally at the place where you can start to really um, – you know what, for me, I mean, just to really dumb it down for the casual fan, when they almost beat Iowa – 
at yeah, Carver Hawkeye last year. It was just a, yeah. okay, this program's here. Chat. This program has arrived. Let's see what happens. I think, uh, so my grades, and again, I'm, ultimately, eventually we're not going to have to say, well, I'm not a huge fan. Because I think we, this is the exciting part about Dresser. I'm a huge fan. I'm just starting well, to really I, I learn. understand the sport. Yeah. yeah, that's maybe the better way to say it. Dude, I watched about every match last year. I, and it was so much fun. I encourage anybody to do that. Get into it. Dresser from an, an excitement and a rally, the fan base, AA+. Like, you oh, couldn't yeah. have done it much better than he's done with – with what he's done, it really now. sucked that that Missouri meet yeah. had such a terrible with the weather. Weather, yeah. Results wise, I think it's still a B for them. Now that's it's getting better. I think it's the potential, and you know Jackie Cordova does such a good job of covering wrestling for Cyclone Fanatic, and the recruiting has gotten much better. So you think talent level, and he's he's a grinder, and that whole staff's grinder. So they're going to get there. Um, so let's hope next year is when they're you know, in the conversation for the Big 12 championship and get back in the top five nationally. Women's basketball, I think you lose Bridget Carlton. Uh, the storyline to me is that group of sophomores from a year ago. Um, can Maddie take a step? Yep. I think Kristen Scott flexed her muscles in the middle of the year to be one of the best players in the Big 12. She <laughs> fell off at the end. Um, those two specifically. Yeah, and then Ashley Jones has and, to. And Ashley Jones has better. to, you know, step in and – Fill a lot of the bridge. The point guard deal is really the thing for me, too. I mean, I think Alexa Middleton at the end of the year was playing as well as any point guard in the Big 12 who didn't suit up for Baylor. I still think that, I mean, they're going to take a step back. They were for really sure. good a year ago, but they, it still seems like a team to me that's going to be right there in the NCAA tournament conversation. Yeah, I think in the conversation. Right there. I mean, it, it, give or take. But replacing Carlton is essentially like replacing a combo of George and Yang and Fred Hoiberg. Yeah. I mean. It's hard. She's, she did literally everything. Rafters. And, uh, yeah. Oh, and it's going to happen. It's just a matter of time. Um, but no, it, yeah, the, the talent level, and they got a nice class coming in. I don't think it's anybody that's going to come in and just, you know, wow. I wish they had next but, year's class this year too. Yeah. Yeah. Next, now the year after is going to be really, really dynamic. But yeah, this year, again, I think similar to the men, it's, you know, be in the mid part of the Big 12, middle of the Big 12, should be good enough to get to a tournament and uh, see what happens. But Kristen Scott has the potential to be All-American good. She had maybe the best individual performance in a game I've seen in Oklahoma person. Oklahoma State? Yeah. yeah. She, it was unbelievable. She went 11 for 11. What, 8 of 8 from 3? 8 of 8 from 3. <laughs> scored like 36 points. Crazy. And it was like it's like the NBA jam. You know, She's on yeah, fire. It was, it was unreal. So she's got the potential to be really good, but yeah, losing Carlton is is like losing. I I don't even know how to personify how good she was, and it's going to be weird not having Carlton on the floor, honestly. Yeah, it it, it most certainly will. The Sukup Summer Series is always brought to you by Sukup Manufacturing. They do uh, such a great family, such a great Iowa company. It's been an honor to get to, no to know some of them over the last couple of years, and we look forward to telling you more about them. I just wanted to ask you one more thing because I don't think we've gotten your take on it. You going to root for Hoiberg at Nebraska? I like, can know. you root for Nebraska? I, when they play McCaffrey, I mean, that's easy. Well, yeah. Um, but I'm saying, like, in general, what, like, uh, where's like, – because you tend I, to do this, like, these – these highly emotional topics, like you just kind of back out because you like to ride the fence. 
No, that's you, very true. Yeah, I, like you're I, smart. That's, that's how I'm going to approach Fred. It's like yeah. I hope he does well. Yeah, I, I'm not going to. We don't want him to get fired. No, I mean, I, I if I'm watching a random Nebraska Penn State game, I I don't know. I think well, at least you can't root for that guy at Penn State. No, I mean, I, I think I'll root for Fred. I, it, it, in knowing that they really won't compete a whole lot with Iowa. Here's State. what the only, the part that like stings for me. More so than Fred, even, because I get it. He got fired. Like, go work. It's the fact that he has all those guys with him yeah. who I really love. Oh, Bobby good, Lutz good and people. Doc Sadler. Yeah. Uh, it's like, I love those guys. You know what I mean? I want them to. And, I don't want them to suck. And I'll be honest. Like, some of the stuff where and Fred has to say what he has to say. but uh, Oh, that press conference, I think, irked a lot of people. Well, not even the presser, but even like some of the comments. Like, I'm going home or I'm home now. And, yeah, yeah, that, like, that stinks. I get it. I, I mean, if I've, I put, I always put myself in the position. Who am I? Who do I need to please here, right? Who yeah. needs to hear this? But and it, it's, it it's the people that are paying me. I get it. It stung them. Yeah, it, I agree. I agree. Like, Fred always still, he's still in the rafters, and he'll always be an Iowa Stater to me. Um, absolutely. Can I say this just as the state of Cycle Nation as a whole? Yeah, absolutely. It has collect- put a bow on this. Collectively, it has never been better being an Iowa State fan than this last five-year stretch. Wow. I so mean, you're it, saying we should shut down Cyclone Well, Fanatic. I mean, I'm just saying like this. It won't get better. I, no, it can get better, but this oh. is as good as it has ever been. And I think sometimes we lose sight because you get caught up in the day-to-day and, okay, did we get totally. this guy? Are we going to win this game? But if you look collectively at all of them together, think about this, Chris. There were, I think, 11 schools that had a football team make a bowl game and both their men's and women's basketball programs make the NCAA tournament. In the Big 12, there were two. That's it. Iowa State and Baylor. But you talk about where Iowa State is. Boy, for those, like, that's kind of crazy that it's Iowa State and Baylor. Yeah. Those are you know, like, the only Texas three. Texas isn't there. Nope. Uh, Oklahoma women didn't make it. Nope. Nor did the men this year, I guess. Nope. So, I mean, what Iowa State has done now, and yeah, you can be somewhat disappointed with the way the men's basketball season ended, but collectively, in the 70s, when the Iowa State football program was awesome and they could have kept that going, the basketball team wasn't very good. Okay? In the two, so 2000, 2001 would be the one argument, but that was a really a two-year blip that it was built on a house of cards that eventually became that came crashing down when Larry left and football went the wrong way. But I think as sustainable as the football program is and the basketball program is, it has never been a better time to be an Iowa State fan. And you can look at a couple of people to thank for that. I think, obviously, Jamie Pollard is right at the top of the list. But a lot of factors, and Iowa State's in a really good place. And this is going to be, this coming fall especially, has a chance to really take it to another level. I think it's well said. I mean, I just because I, well I think we do get caught up in oh, oh what we, we do. what do we get, what's coming next? But I this tr- is pretty good right now. And I try and talk to I mean, you see, I try and talk to our writers about this a lot. Like, you know, tell the story. Like, I think we guys like us get so close to it and so wrapped Correct. up to it that we we forget to tell. I, I do think that this is one thing. Like our staff, and, and I think our staff does a great job. We need to do a better job of telling like the. I think telling the full story as opposed to just like getting caught up, like you said, on the min- yep. the minutia yep. 
all the time. I think there are big picture stories going on right now that are really positive. Completely. That, you know, and it, but we don't really, I think a lot of people listening to this podcast are the diehard fans. They don't necessarily step back and appreciate all the times either. Hopefully this offseason has yeah, been good for that. I think so, and it's been quiet, which is good. But Oh, this is the quietest offseason I can remember. Men's basketball, seven NCAA tournaments in eight years. Incredible, if you think about it. Yeah. I mean, that just – Yeah, it's nuts. You're you're talking that you're in the big boys there. And then football, eight wins back-to-back years with a chance to be even better this year. And with all those wins on top, three wins over top six teams in the last two years, like that doesn't happen. This has never happened. Some of the stuff has never happened. And it's becoming more normal, which is great. But it's also, when you've been through it, like a lot of people listening to this have, and I, I think the younger fans are starting to, to come on now, man, the 2000s, late 2000s were rough. Hmm. Like, I, I still, think about this. In, in a different fan base, Jamie Pollard probably doesn't make it to 2011. Because, I mean, it, there was, there yeah, was, some, there was a couple rough, rough things that happened there. Now, Thankfully, he did, and look at look at now he's the athletic director of the year. But I'm just saying that patience paid off for Iowa State. And I think that's where Jamie's coming from. Is we can't lose that part as Iowa State fans. Is that patience is what got us here until we go through a couple of rough patches. That patience will carry us through too. You can't you can't all of a sudden become uh, Alabama in football or Duke in basketball. Like you got to ride this through. Pollard um, told me one time. I don't remember if we were podcasting or what, but he, it was a great, and it it stuck with me. We were talking about football coaches and, like, firing football coaches, and he was explaining um, one of the things he always looked at was how Missouri handled, handled Gary Pinkle. Like, they could have really easily fired him yep. and just started over, and they didn't. They held on because the people in power thought that this was working. They knew things that necessarily the fans did not. And Missouri football turned into a power. It did for there a for stretch. a while until they left the Big Twelve. Which, well, yeah, and then but then they got a little too big for their bridges. Correct. Too. Yeah, I think it's a really good case study yep. for Iowa. So State you fans. just got you got to stay who you are in a way. Yes, appreciate but appreciate the success and obviously the goal is to keep raising the bar. However, appreciate what you have and this is as good as it's been in a long, long time, if not ever. Uh, thank you for your contributions today, Bloom. Yeah, I'll enjoy it. Look forward to the rest of them. Yeah, four more um, summer series. If there's a specific topic you want us to cover, you can tweet at us at Chris M. Williams, at Cyclone Fanatic, at Brent Bloom. Yeah, B-L-U-M. Um, as always, if you like the content here at Cyclone Fanatic on the podcast network at CycloneFanatic.com, you can donate to our Patreon page. All that money goes right back into the product. The Cyclone Fanatic app will be coming out here in a week or so. Probably a little over a week because I'm going to Okaboji at the end of next week. I mean, so vac- you're going on vacation again. Did anything good happen when you were gone? No. Has the, well, has the vacation I'm, myth died? I'm taking the time off early this summer because of, you know, the fetus. The, uh, okay. Yeah. Which There's still a fetus me. in my wife's belly. It still bothers me the way you, you say that, but I know I understand the anatomy. That's what it's called. <laughs> Unborn baby. Yeah. Don't ever change. Fetus. Don't ever change. Um, so we, we're, we're doing a few trips bef- while she's not nine months pregnant Smart. in August Smart. or July. Because that apparently is uncomfortable for the woman. 
It's gonna be a big fall. So yeah, we got that. We got that coming. Um, yeah. So knock that out, and then I'm I'm in. I'm locked in I, from when we get back to Okaboji, and then like two weeks after that, I'll be going to Big Twelve Dallas, Media Days. How weird is it gonna be that days? Iowa State's gonna get that? Will they finally have that oh, Oklahoma yeah. Texas attention? Yeah. Campbell's he's, Campbell's on. He's a rock star, radar, right? Yeah. Which I'm a little bummed about because in the past, like I usually just. just Get like Hang out. two hours with him. Yeah, at these things, it's it's funny because it's like they they talk to the assembled press and then they have their one on ones. And usually, even for all the days we since we've been doing it and you've been doing it, you know, longer than or more consistently. And then, dude, like, I'm getting old. Rhodes, or McCarney, and then Rhodes or Chizik or the whole they would you could they would sit it by themselves and like it was literally like you person from the register and even the tribune hasn't even sent somebody recently i've told um this story before there was one year and i don't remember exact it was paul's maybe second or third year i don't even remember and it was really depressing <laughs> right he asked me to come over and hang out <laughs> so with he him. Had somebody talking to him and it like I, it was sad like yeah. it, they weren't even struggling yet they were still they were good they yeah. were a program like they had gone to bowl games you know, like this is when Paul Rhodes was hot, but the national media just, just doesn't, doesn't care catch. about Iowa State. Yeah. That's it wasn't an indictment on Paul Rhodes. Right. But that's changed. Oh, and now. Yeah. The national media almost respects Iowa State more than the local media. Oh, I, I think there's a lot to that. I think that you nailed it. Maybe that's another. Maybe that's a summer series. summer series. Boy, we'll piss some people off. Into if the we local do. Media? I do think that's true. I like, agree. I think that the because the local media expects st- bad stuff to happen with mm-hmm. Iowa State football, where the the regional and national guys they don't know that. Nope. They don't have that built in bias History. that that could happen. Yep. I think that's fascinating. I think, I think you're dead we on. Could dig into that. Uh, thank you, Bloom. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Hope you enjoyed episode one. Of like season, what, five, six? Five, I don't even five, know. Yeah. Of the Cyclone Fanatic Summer Series of Podcasts here on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. He's Brent Bloom. I'm Chris Williams. So long.